Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. Checking in to see how your week's going. You know, no self-promotion. Just a nice, friendly, how are you? Saratoga Springs this Saturday. Um, with Tony B. Just calling to see, you know... See how your week's going. You know, it's Thursday. It's a very exciting day. You get your paycheck. You know, you lie to yourself that you're not going out tonight. You know, you're going to save your money this week. And what happens? Oh, come on. I can be hungover for Friday. I'll be all right. Oh, look at you. Thank you. Brought me a little cup of fucking Joe here. Um, the lovely Mia. And then what ends up happening, right? You go out Thursday, you spend 40% of your check. Then you're like, all right, I, I got to fucking shut it down here. This isn't going to be one of these things where I blow my whole paycheck and I'm fucking brown bagging it on Monday for lunch. All right? At some point, I got to fucking show a little responsibility. Stop fucking boozing and, 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 and you know, save a little something this week. But then what happens? Somebody calls you Friday. You're like, all right, I'll go out. I'm just going to have a couple. Going to be home by 10 o'clock. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to the gym. You know, I'm going to take my plyometrics, geometric fucking class, whatever the fuck kids do now with the TRX, TIX fucking bands, right? Doing all of this shit like you're going to go work for Cirque du Soleil. And, uh, you know, go take a fucking... What is those classes that, the, you know, people just fucking with the kettlebells, they take up all the space and there's no place to stretch anymore because it's the uh, CrossFit section. I've been going to a local gym here. Great fucking gym. All right. Definitely a great gym. Um, I like the guy that's fucking on his phone at the gym. You know what I mean? Just like texting and he's sitting in, at a fucking station that you want to, you know, maybe like the lat pull downs or the squat thing and you just want to fucking use it. And he's literally taking like seven minute breaks between because he doesn't realize that he's just like disappearing into his fucking phone. Um, whenever I see people doing that, they're never in good shape. You know what I mean? But those lunatics that walk around with the jug of water and that little fucking notebook writing down every rep and how much weight they use, those people are always shredded. <laughs> so I'm asking you today. Who are you? Or as they say up here in Massachusetts, who are you? Are you that fucking idiot, you know, that's just listening to his music and taking seven minutes between fucking reps, staring at your phone, staring at your phone? You know, you want to be water jug guy. Looking like you're ready to reboot the fucking A-team. Hmm? Oh, that's pretty good. It's a pretty good espresso, goddammit. My new, this is my shit right now. Bill, nobody asked you what your shit was. Well, I don't care, all right? In my head, you did. In my head, you asked me. You know, Bill, enough of this shit, talking about the gym. What is your shit? Oh, last thing I'm gonna say about the gym is uh, they got this shredded dude that does the fucking, uh, I just said what it was, the CrossFit, CrossFit. The CrossFit, how old do I sound? He does, uh, he, he, he hosts, he runs, he, he, he manages a CrossFit class, whatever the fuck, teaches, there's the word. He teaches a CrossFit class. 
And, uh, you know, which I would love to take, but I've never seen one exercise that wouldn't fuck my body up. All right, we're just going to jump up and down here to get warm. Ah, I can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> we're going to pick up a kettlebell. We're going to hold it up over our head, and then we're going to slowly go down and sit on our ass and then get back up again while always holding the kettlebell up. Uh, why would you do that? What, what, what do you think? What did you wake up thinking today? You know, my rotator cuffs feel pretty good. You know what I like about my back? It's aligned. I think I'll take a fucking stone with a handle on it and lift it above my fucking head and then try to sit down on my ass. Like, I couldn't believe they could do it. But there was a, what killed me? One of the, one of the days I went over there. Oh, Jesus, listen to this shit. I fucking go over there. There's a bunch of, uh, like, old white women in the class, right? Like, oh, but meaning my age, okay? The kids are in their 20s. They're going to fucking college, and they're out there doing this fucking CrossFit shit. And what was hilarious was the, the CrossFit teacher was playing DMX. <laughs> so a bunch of older white ladies like my age and he's fucking playing y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here up in here there's curse words and shit i'm just sitting there going like just fucking laughing about how like how much it's changed you know i know i know i swear my brains out so i'm not like offended or anything but like you couldn't fucking do, like could just be playing songs that had like the f word and all of that stuff my favorite one is every once in a while like you know niece or nephew will have um, a birthday and, you know, they're all sneakerheads or whatever, so I can't just go to Athlete's Foot or one of those fucking places. I have to go to the sneakerhead store and you go in there and every time I've gone in there, it's just like, um, you know, it sounds like I'm doing stand-up. There's so many F-bombs and they're dropping the N-word and all of that. It's fucking hilarious. Is all of that shit's going on. You're just like, yeah, do you have this in a size seven? <laughs> And nobody notices. They're just like Shazam in the song, like, oh, I like this. You know, my kid's going to be selling lemonade on the side of the street later on, raising money for Uganda. I don't know why I picked that country, but we're going to say Uganda. And I'm, this would be a good song to play. I don't really listen to the lyrics as much as I listen to the energy. Does that make sense? Because I feel like we're all just like energy, right? And it's all about the energy that you're putting out because you put out the energy. Isn't if you put out positive energy, aren't you going to attract negative shit? Isn't that how the universe, like the opposites attract? You know, I think that's true. I think if you're too positive, you really attract horrible people into your life. Why is that, Bill? Because I see a lot of sweet hats out there with absolute dicks. And I'm not talking about coming-of-age movies from the 1980s, all right? I'm talking about my wife putting up with me. <laughs> my wife is a sweetheart. You do have to remind yourself, if you're like me, every once in a while, just, you know, hey, Bill, you just got you check in with yourself, like, hey, Bill, you know what would be a great thing for you to do today? not be you. What if you became a different you? This fucking 
coffee's outstanding. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the fuck they got that, but they knew what they were doing. Um, oh, speaking of that, one of my buddies sent me this ACDC video of them playing Bad Boy Boogie with Bon Scott. And I don't know if it's a TV show or whatever, but it looked like this little club. And um, I, of course, clicked on the video and I watched the whole video. My son came over and he was like freaking out, jumping up and down. He loves music, right? And um, it's hilarious. My mother-in-law goes, she heard the music. She goes, who's that? Who are you listening to? I said, oh, it's, uh, it's ACDC. She goes, hmm. Well, they know what to do with those guitars. <laughs> I was thinking, like, that would have been the perfect intro for, like, a fucking video back in the day when they used to make music videos. You know, they used to always have an old person. And they were either completely against what the band was doing because they thought it was noise or they were into it or they hated it in the beginning and by the end they were fucking into it. I can't think of the video, but I just feel like that happened a lot. Didn't Milton Berle at one point, didn't he like not like what rap was playing? And then by the end, they were all sort of dancing to it. Um, and Milton Berle was somehow related to somebody in that band. Isn't that right? I can't remember. I do remember the rat behind the fucking music, though. It wasn't just a behind the music. It was behind the fucking music because it was rat. And uh, Jesus Christ, the fucking dis... I love that band, right? But the fucking dysfunction in that band is just unbelievable. I feel like everybody in that band at some point has tried to go out and, you know... Bobby Blotzer's rat, so-and-so's rat, right? Uh, it was Martini? That was their, their lead guitarist. Steven Percy was the lead singer. I like that guy. That guy's a pro. Fucking still in shape, still can sing. Um, didn't let himself go to shit, you know? When you get to be my age and you go out and you see the fucking bands, you know, when you were a kid, it's always good, like, if it's that, that perfect combination of they stayed in shape, but they looked their age, and then you're like, all right. Like, I feel like that dude from Rat looks like a, still looks like a badass, right? So anyway, one time I was watching the, uh, not the behind the music on Rat, the behind the fucking music on Rat, and I don't know what happened, but we were talking about this last night. I did a couple of shows up at uh, Giggles. Um let me not talk about that. Let me finish this story. And, and, and uh, I was hanging with this comedian, Robbie Prince, who I hadn't seen him for fucking ever, right? Hilarious comic. And we were somehow talking about Rat. Oh, I know. Because Paul D'Angelo, another comedian up there uh, who's hanging, I fucking lived in the same building he lived in, in L.A., like, Jesus Christ, 27 fucking years ago, 25, six, seven years ago, right? And I was saying, that fucking place, I never got my deposit back. Did you get your deposit and blah, blah, all that shit? And I was like, um, I told the story how the people that were running the place stole from me. That's how we got started talking about rat because I was on the road for two weeks and they needed to check the smoke detectors so they had a reason to go into my apartment. And when they went in there, you know, you can just tell the toilet water is all the way down. You, you realize someone isn't there. 
and they fucking robbed me, right? So I come home from the road and I see a, a you know, a, a notice on my, um, on my door saying that they were going to check them. So I went in and, and it was just that, you know, that feeling. I could just feel like something was wrong. I sat down and there was just something fucking wrong. And I got up and I started looking around and I realized I was missing a camera and someone had stolen some CDs and they were a rap fan, right? And uh, they took my Biggie and uh, whatever the fuck else, I was, LL Cool J, whatever I was listening to back then, Wu-Tang. Um, when that second one came out, uh, and not, not, not the 36 Chambers, the second one that came out in the late 90s. And it was also the, the uh, what was it? It was the Biggie one where he was literally leaning up against the hearse, that one. It was like 1997. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, all of that shit. And um, so I fucking went down to the manager the next day and I said, yes, you know, whoever came in and checked my smoke detectors, if it was one or two people, they robbed my apartment because it's locked from the inside. There's no evidence of anybody breaking in and I have this notice. Can I speak to them? And then the manager's literally like, I don't appreciate you coming down here accusing people. And me, I'm like, you fucking idiot. That means you did it. And I was like, no, I want to talk to him. He goes, I have the power. I have the power. That's what he was saying. It's like that Saturday morning cartoon. I have the power. Whatever the fuck it was. And I was like, oh, really? You have the power? Oh, okay, buddy. So I sit outside the office, and as people are coming in to potentially live there, I go, hey, just to let you know, people connected with this stole from my apartment, and this guy's not helping me at all. And they would just turn around and walk away. And the fucking guy was, you know, eyeballing me. And I'm looking at him. I go, I can do this all fucking day. All day. Just like that dad I got into the fight with. I can run laps around you. I can run laps. And I was totally bluffing because I was going on the road for another few weeks, like the next two weeks. And the woman I was dating at the time goes, you should go and fuck up his car. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't. I should either fight this guy or just fucking leave it alone. So what did I do? I fucking left it alone. So anyway, I was telling that story. Um, it's always better to fucking leave it alone, I think. You just leave it alone, especially if you're going somewhere in life. You just fucking leave it alone. Who gives a fuck? And they're going to slowly swirl down the drain. And, you know, you're going to be fine. Who gives a fuck, you know? But every once in a while, I don't know. Depends on how much money you have in your bank account, you know. I guess you could go fight somebody, but it's just like it's fucking so happy. Once you get any money, you got a thousand bucks in the bank, you can't get into a fight anymore. Because then you get into a fight and one of two things is gonna happen. You're either gonna lose, right? Or you're gonna win and get sued. <laughs> you're losing either way. Either way you're losing. And then I also look at like, you know. It wasn't so much back then, but like nowadays, like these fucking kids, man, they don't, that, that martial arts, mixed martial arts shit is like mainstream. God forbid you get some fucking lunatic who knows how to choke you out, fucking starts choking you out. There's no ref to be like, all right, all right, he tapped, he tapped, and the guy can fucking hold it too long. It's just, it's just not fucking worth it. It's a couple of CDs. I'll, I'll go buy some more, right? Um, 
you know, but the main thing was I didn't feel like getting my, you know, have this guy break into my apartment and then also fucking, you know, beat the shit out of me, you know? What if I lost that too? Then I'm going upstairs, I'm fucking bleeding, and then I don't have any fucking Wu-Tang to listen to, you know? Or I could just say, eh, fucking assholes. All right, I know what I'll do. I'll just change the locks. So I changed the locks on them, and then when I moved out, I just made sure I locked it up. I think that's what was my big fuck you to them. I changed the deadbolt, so they had to call a locksmith that probably took them all of 20 minutes to get into the apartment. And meanwhile, they kept my $700 deposit. You know what? I'm going to change this fucking story because it's making me upset again. So anyway, I told that story last night. And um, Robbie thought I said uh, I was a rat fan, not rap. So he started talking about rat, and then we started talking about the rat behind the fucking music, not the behind the music rat. You got to watch rat behind the fucking music. And there's this part in it that they put together where everyone in the band was making fun of the bass player, just making fun of his stage moves and all of that shit. I felt so bad for the bass player because it was clear that it looked like they all randomly in their interview at some point, hey, talk about all the band members. And when they came around to the bass player, they just were making fun of him. They're making fun of all of his stage moves. And they go, well, you know, he had the, uh, he had the helicopter move. And then they show him and it's this really bad 80s move. And the worst one was the, uh, uh, where, the where am I? Where he would pretend like he was fucked up like Jim Morrison, but he was totally stone sober. And they would cut to him doing it. And, in, and they named like five different moves and they, all the band members individually, their individual interviews were just making fun of the fucking bass player. And then they cut to the bass player. He has, I guess, has no idea that that's what they're doing and that's how they're going to edit it together. And he's all going like, you know, I believed, you know, when you go up there, uh, you put on a show. And they would cut to him in spandex doing his helicopter move as all the other guys were like rolling out their eyes. Like I thought the worst one was the where am I? Because he would pretend like he was fucked up, but he wasn't. He was stone sober. And just, I can't imagine being the bass player knowing that all the other guys hated your, your, your fucking stage moves. And all these years later, they're throwing you under the tour bus there and just laughing at you. And uh, I just can't imagine, like, what a mind fuck that must be to, like, be, literally become a rock star and you're still the fucking nerd that everybody's making fun of. But like that is, I'll tell you though, that is a great one. Um, that behind the music. And then what you do is you then go online and you read about the, their next 20 years of that band. All the fucking dysfunction. It's amazing that they can ever get back on stage. But somehow, you know, somehow in the end, money, everybody figures it out. And they're able to, uh, I don't know. Get it back together. But uh, old Freckles, speaking of that, speaking of 80s bands and all of that stuff and the shit that I grew up with, um, I'm going to be doing a show up in San Francisco because I'm going to catch that, uh, the Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, um, Joan Jett show. Uh, I got to see that tour, you know? You know I mean, when are all of them going to be together again? I want to fucking see that. I want to see how they held up. 
you know, Tommy Lee's one of my favorite fucking drummers of all time. Um, Joan Jett is one of the biggest badass rockers of all fucking time. There's a lot there that I want to see. Um, I did see Def Leppard at, uh, where was it? Um, the Whiskey a few months ago, and they were fucking killing it. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. It's going to be a fucking great night, you know? And I've been hearing nothing but good shit about the tour and um, they're playing baseball stadiums. Why the fuck not, right? Um, so I'm very excited to go up there for that. Oh, and speaking of that, I got together with some uh, with a high school buddy of mine and some of his friends. And uh, speaking of, like, just uh, fucking music from back in the day, listen to this set list that we put together. This set list should have been called Gold's Gym 1989. And I cannot even begin to tell you how much fucking fun I had. I, I jammed with the guys. We played TNT, ACDC, Highway to Hell, ACDC, uh, 38 Special, Hold On Loosely, Brian Adams, Summer of 69, Lover Boy, Working for the Weekend, Refugee, Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers, Stan Lynch, one of my favorite drummers of all time, Kiss, Tears of Falling, very tricky song. And then the last one I played with them was uh, Dawkin, Breaking the Chains. Now I'm breaking the chains. Um, and I had a, I just had a fucking blast. I had not, I had not played drums, you know, since I'd been out here. And um, it was just a, you know, just a great group of guys and everybody just, you know, having a good time and then also fucking like talking about all those bands in like, in a serious way, joking around about, you know, how funny some of the fucking lyrics are and all of that shit. But it was, uh, it was just a fucking great time. And uh, my buddy, high school buddy, you know, had bought a, a new motorcycle, bought like a fucking, uh, I guess, timed out police motorcycle. It's his second one that he's had. He got rid of the other one. And um, just a badass bike. It just, I swear to God, man, I want to get like a fucking hard, Harley Road King so bad. I feel like they're safe as far as like, they're safer than those, you know, really fast ones because they're just wide and you can see them have like the windscreen with like the three lights. I swear to God. Um, next time I do like Montana or Wyoming or some shit like that, I'm going to go, I've already talked to Dean. I'm going, Dean, we're going to go fucking go to a Harley dealership. We're going to rent them. We're just going to do a, a run through the fucking state and uh, loop back around, you know, rent the bikes for like a week. That is a fucking great idea, I think. Um, and I can do it up in the middle of nowhere where I don't have to worry about anything. But there's always something, right? Then I'll be up there in some fucking... I don't know, moose or some shit will run out in front of the bike. <laughs> but I just think as an American, you know, at some point in your life, you have to be out in the middle of nowhere riding a Harley. I mean, at some point you have to experience that considering um, the amount of people that have done that and just never got off the bike and just became a lifer like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is the greatest feeling ever. So, I mean, why the fuck wouldn't you want to experience that? So, um, getting back uh, 
to, uh, oh, I never said what my, 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 you know what my shit is? This is what it is. For breakfast, uh, I think I already told you guys this. I have an a double espresso. And then about like 20 minutes later, I have an orange and that's it. And it just fucking levels me out for the day. I'm thinking rationally about food as opposed to starting the day with like a salty breakfast or, you know, something I never do, like a syrupy breakfast. I fucking, I can't do syrup anymore. I'm old people. I'm fucking old. I do syrup and it's literally like, like that's, at my age, if you have like a waffle or a pancake, you might as well have just fucking roofied yourself. Okay, you're gonna be fucking cruising until about 11.30 a.m. and then you're gonna do that first yawn and you're gonna be face down at your fucking desk. <laughs> So um, anyway, last night I did two shows up at Giggles. I want to thank Mike Clark, Lenny Clark, Tony V, trying to name everybody that was up there, Dan Smith, Paul D'Angelo, Robbie Prince, Todd Parker. Uh, I know I'm going to forget something. We just, we just had a fucking blast, just fucking hanging out. Steve Bjork. Um Paul Gilligan. Um, I know there was more people up there. Anyway, oh, Don, Johnny Peasy, and people up there with their sons and uh, all of that shit. Um, we were just fucking hanging out. I pull up. Everybody's sitting outside of Giggles. You know, Tony V's holding court and everybody's in a circle just fucking smoking cigars. The show, Mike Clark's bringing out pizzas and stuff, shrimp scampi, all these fucking New England classics. And then we're just going in, doing a set, coming back out, just telling fucking stories. And then we did the second show and the first crowd was great. Second crowd was like fucking over the top, pretty hammered. Um... But uh, I really want to thank Mike Clark because I needed those shows to, uh, you know, for this fucking weekend here, people. All right? I'm in the bubble. I'm in the fucking bubble. I'm doing Knicks tomorrow night and uh, then I'm Saratoga Springs and then I got the, the mother of all gigs. I'm doing Fenway Park. And uh, just those two shows last night really boosted my confidence. I can't fucking wait to get up there and uh, it's funny people people keep saying like you know make sure you make sure you enjoy it when you're doing Fenway make sure you make sure you you know you take it all in it's like you can't do that and stand up you can't enjoy it you can't take it all in you have to be funny every fucking six to eight seconds I'm not out here fucking I was joking last night I'm not out here sailing a boat you know <laughs> just even that I imagine you can't you know what I mean it's like if I start taking it in, you immediately start bombing. It's like you just start losing altitude. So um, I am going to fucking take it in. I'm going to be looking out at Fenway Park when I'm there. I still can't believe that I'm going to do it. And uh, this whole week, like I really started getting like anxious about it and being like, I just wish it was fucking tonight. Let's do it. And then after last night, um, hanging out with everybody and, and telling the stories and doing a couple of shows and watching other comics and just hanging with all the guys, you know, just made me nice and fucking chill. And I was telling Mike, I was like, dude, I fucking needed this. So I'm very excited um, now for the weekend. And 
I can enjoy the last little bit of my vacation here and whatnot. And with that, let me read a little, uh, little bit of advertising here um, before I go downstairs and have my orange. Um, all right. Hey, how about the Yankees? Tell me you guys didn't need that fucking walk, a walk-off grand slam in the bottom of the uh, 10th to win it. Um, God knows they needed that. So, you know, as much as I root against the fucking Yankees, I want to see them in the playoffs. I actually do. I mean, that's, that's good for baseball. Do you know what I mean? When you have a team with the most success, all the fucking money, you want them in there. You need, you need a fucking villain. Um, it gives me a point to, you know, watch it. Or I want to see somebody who hasn't been in there for a while. Like I'm kind of watching the, uh, you know, the Cleveland Guardians. You know, and it's kind of crazy. Like, what if for some reason they just get fucking hot and they, they win their first World Series in almost 80 years, 74 years? I think it was 1948, the last time they won. You know, and then all of these, these, old, these hardcore uh, Cleveland fans that don't want to call them the Guardians, then what do they do? They kind of got to, then they have to buy. That would be really good to bring all the old school people that still want the fucking Chief Wahoo and the fucking Indians, you know what I mean? If they win a championship, you're going to have to get a T-shirt that says Cleveland Guardians 2022 World Series Champions. You just, you'd have to, you'd have to get it. You just would. So um, anyway, uh, oh, I went by one of my two nights in a row, my two favorite bar pizza places up here. Um, I got, I got some fucking pizzas. They were great. I've still yet to have a steak and cheese because I'm going to the gym. I'm doing a good job. Oh, I didn't go the last two days, but I'm fucking hanging in there. But there's a steak and cheese place I'm going to today. And this is the one that me and my wife love. And, um, oh, dude, I went to the fucking ocean. I actually swam in the ocean. Still was freaked out. But, like, I get it now. I understand why people go into the ocean. I don't get swimming out to a buoy and coming back like you never watched the first scene in Jaws, but I get it. Um, anyway, so let me read the uh, advertising. Uh, Helix, everybody. Helix, how long have you had your mattress? How has your sleep improved? The Helix lineup includes 14 unique mattresses. I got to get one of these fucking things. I've had the same mattress since Obama. <laughs> Um, including a collection of luxury models. Uh, who was president the last time you bought a fucking mattress? That's what they should ask. A mattress for big and tall sleepers, even a mattress made f just for kids. So how will you know which Helix, Helix? Mattress works best for you and your body. Take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped right to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleep, uh, sleeping it, by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night risk-free trial. Try out your new Helix mattress, see how your body adjusts, and if you decide it's not the best fit, you're welcome to return for all for a full refund. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with more. I never know. Do you want a fucking hard mattress or a firm? You want support for your back, right? I never understood how that works, right? Models with the more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach 
and back sleeping positions, plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. Oh, that's for the bankers, you know, knowing that they're fucking stealing from people. Uh, if you don't love it, I know you will, but if you don't, they will pick it up for you and give you a full refund. Uh, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burr, B-U-R-R, with Helix Better Sleep starts now. Um, oh, hey, if you want a great summertime movie that I started watching that I feel is like a really great like throwback to all the action movies that I grew up on is the new uh, uh, Ryan Gosling Billy Bob Thornton, uh, uh, Gray Man. It's just a fucking, it's a fun goddamn movie. I got into like the first 20 minutes of it. There's a scene, uh, a fight scene on an airplane with all these special effects. It's pretty fucking incredible. Um, you know, it's kind of the perfect thing. It's like a, a fucking 80s action movie with like some of the best actors out there. So uh, I don't know, it's enjoyable. Except I don't like when they fucking, you know, kidnap kids. I always hate that fucking storyline. But I'm like, this really has hero vibes. So I know the kid's going to, I hope the kid's going to be all right. <laughs> anyway, um, that is it. That is the podcast. Please enjoy the music interlude. Uh, picked out by the great Andrew Themelis. And then afterwards, we're going to have a bonus episode of the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. Have a great weekend, you cunts. Um, I can't wait for the Monday morning podcast. Um, I usually do it Sunday, but I'm going to wait till after I do Fenway. And I'll let you guys know how it goes. But uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everybody that has bought tickets over the years. And thank you to everybody that bought tickets to see me um, this weekend, uh, both in New York and in Massachusetts. I am now officially really excited and looking forward to Sunday. Thank you to for the wonder because of the wonderful stage time I got from Mike Club. Everybody up at giggles. All right, that is it. Go fuck yourselves and I'll talk to you on Monday. It's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, uh, oh, Jesus, August 18th. Yeah, that's the month, and that's the day, and it's the year 2014. <clears throat> How are you? Do you realize, when you think about that, it's 2014, if we actually make it to the 2090s, how people are going to be looking back at us? Like the way, you know, in the 1900s, you look back at 1914, everybody was walking around really fast. Do you think that'll happen with us? No, Bill. They have HDTV. And with the rate of global warming, all right, you fucking cunt. We're all going to be underwater. Um, 
You know what? You know it'd be funny? Uh, I bet Waterworld. Do you think that movie will make a bunch of fucking money as the polar ice caps start to melt? Everybody would be like, you know what? I think we were wrong about this one. We gave this movie a lot of fucking criticism. The guy was actually way ahead of his time. Uh, Bill, why are you talking about Kevin Costner? Because I actually have a movie coming out with him. Believe it or not, old fancy pants freckle boy over here. (laughs) I did a movie last summer in uh, New Orleans. Some of you listening to this podcast might remember. Um... And uh, it was hot as shit, but it was a it was a wonderful uh, wonderful it was a wonderful time. And uh, Mike Binder wrote and directed it. Octavia Spencer, Kevin Costner, uh, they're all in it. It's a um, how would I describe the movie? It's a courtroom drama, old school courtroom drama. And what do you play, Bill? I play Kevin Costner's lawyer. Enough Boston accent in there. Um, I'm actually going to a uh, film festival coming up, Toronto with the debut of that movie and uh or whatever at a film festival i guess and then it comes out in october so there you go look at that i've barely given you any laughs i've come right out right out of the gate just whoring myself out i'm actually hoping to get mike binder on the podcast uh as we get closer to the date that's uh he's actually one of the legendary stand-ups from the comedy store back in the day and uh, he told me a bunch of great stories and all that stuff. And um, so he'll obviously be a great guest. Speaking of which, last night I, I went down to the uh, – well, the first thing I did was I went out and I fucking jammed with the band, man. I'm doing another one of those uh, goddamn comedy jams tonight uh, and dressing up like the drummer that I'm imitating again, which, of course, is uh, – it's so it is ridiculous. So I take off any sort of pressure for any sort of audience member where, you know, is there anything worse than having to go see your friend's band? Even if they're fuck, unless they're really fucking good, then you're like, oh, God, maybe they're going to make it. I should start picking up some wires. Maybe I could be a roadie. Dude, you 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 forgot where you came from, man. You remember I used to go see you down at Friendly's in the ground round? <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you're fucked, right? So I just don't want anybody going down. Anybody who's going out to this thing, I don't want anybody even remotely to think that I'm taking this other anywhere other than this is just a fun as hell thing to do. Um, I'm going to do some jokes about Tommy Lee, you know, like I did with John Bonham. It's fun. It's just a good fucking time. So I'll tell you, trying to find a Tommy Lee uh uh, uh, costume is it's fucking difficult. The guy's had like 90 different looks and like most of them, he's not wearing a shirt and I'm just too fucking pasty. I say, I'm not fucking doing that. So, uh, I had, I had to pick an era where he was actually wearing a shirt, which is, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to find, but anyway, so, uh, I did that. And then I went last night, I went down to the comedy store and, um, they had actually had a, uh, a memorial service for Robin Williams and uh, it was awesome, man. It was, you know, just like so many people from back in the day came out that were down there. I actually am wondering when all the last time all of that group of people were down there um, and they were all telling stories. It was like I got there late, unfortunately. But um, Norm MacDonald, Yakov Shmirinov had some great stories. Uh Jackson Purdue, 
then uh, there's a couple of people that were in part of his improv group. We're all telling all these great stories, and uh, it was a really great thing. But I got to tell you, man, that was I, I, it's not like I knew the guy or anything, but that was brutal, fucking brutal when I heard the news about that one. That one really, uh, you know, there's one of those things where you really, you think, you know, yeah, I love that guy. I love his movies. I, I think that guy's hilarious. You, you know, you don't realize it, and then something like that happens. You're just like, wow, man, I, I had no idea how much that guy uh, affected me. I did get a chance um, one time to do a show with him. Uh, he always, um, you know, he would just come down to clubs. I'd always heard about it. I know he did it. He lived up in San Francisco, but people were saying, like, yeah, there's this open mic he went to every single week. Um, Bartnick told this great story about uh, how he was at a concert. He was kind of like the like the unofficial mayor of, like, San Francisco when you, they needed, like, a laugh or something. Like, I guess Bartnick was at some big concert, and uh, it, it was an outdoor thing, and it rained. And, um, you know, so they're like, apologize, everybody. The bands can't go on. Everybody's standing there fucking looking like a bunch of fucking wet shelter dogs and stuff. And Robin Williams was in the crowd and he just went up on stage in like a fucking rain poncho and did 45 minutes in front of a, a, a soaking wet, angry crowd that wasn't getting their show. And he crushed, just did like a headlining set. And, uh, and then in the end, like the sun was coming out and he's like, all right, the bands are coming out, blah, blah, blah. And just went right back into the crowd. Just see, it was like a zillion stories like that, that I heard. And, um, so anyways, I was doing, uh, Jeff Garland had this show. He does, uh, every now and again down at the UCB and, uh, it's this really cool format. In the end, he has like this improv game called, uh, the combo platter. And it's basically they pick a subject and each person has to go up and riff on it for five minutes. And then you sit down and then the next round is you go back up again. But anybody can interrupt anybody at any time. And it just starts going. You just start adding to whatever they're doing. And one, you know, one night I went down there and I was doing the show with them and Robin showed up. And Garland knew him and everything, and they went in with the show, and I actually got to do improv. I was standing right next to him doing improv. I literally felt like I was on comic relief, you know? I mean, we were sitting in the chairs, right? <laughs> it's just like such a fucking weird moment. But we, I was sitting in the chair next to him. You know, we had that thick arm hair. It's like we were – the space between us was a little tight, but it wasn't anywhere where we still should have been touching. But his arm hair was so fucking thick, it actually was – it actually was touching my arm. I had to move my arm. <laughs> I remember thinking all those jokes that he used to do about how he felt like he was wearing a sweater and all that type of thing. But it was one of, obviously one of the great things I ever got to do. And fortunately, because he was such an open guy and such a nice guy, sweet guy, he didn't, uh, didn't you know, come in with that. You know, I've been doing this forever get out of the way kid he didn't have that vibe at all he was like a really vulnerable kind of vibe that because he came with that vibe i was actually able to like enjoy it as it was happening rather than um look back on it and be like oh i, I yeah i got to do that but i i was so in my head i had to like knock him down you know that's like something i have to do sometimes when i, I get a gig that's so big i literally have to, to develop a certain level of hatred for this person that i don't hate 
I have to be like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy for making me feel so fucking uncomfortable with his, <laughs> his success or whatever. But the way Robin was, you, you didn't have to do that when you were around him. So, uh, you know, thanks to Jeff Garland for fucking, you know, having that show so I could have that memory. But it's definitely a huge, huge, huge fucking uh, indescribable uh, loss. And um, ah, it just sucks. I hate that it ends that way. You know? So, anyways, isn't that happy? Isn't that happy to fucking have to talk about that? Yet another fucking person in this business. You know what was fucking weird is I got like three texts within 24 hours of Robin's death, you know, asking me if I was okay and then telling me not to kill myself. And that just struck me as funny. Like, it's like depression and suicide are not like a... (laughs) Like... Like a stand, like if a fucking plumber kills himself, it do people reach out to other plumbers? Hey man, I know you haven't got a lot of sinks lately. It's been mostly toilets, and uh, you know, just reaching out that you know it's it's going to turn around. You know, <laughs> you know. Um, look, I'm not a fucking doctor, but I know that that shit. Um, it definitely. Uh, it definitely affects, you know, a lot of people. I mean, I've I've dealt with, you know, unfortunately, and it's been people outside of uh, stand-up. Let's see. I got to, like, count. I think it's three. Yeah, three people that I know, you know, committed suicide. It's fucking brutal, man. It's, it's really fucking brutal. And uh, so I got this... You know, I don't know. I see somebody start to go down that the depressed road. It's just fucking, it's so hard to get them off it. Um, I don't know. All I know is it sucks. So, back to the podcast. Anyways, what am I going to talk about this week? Um, oh, let's let's just continue with like, <laughs> you know talking about depression and suicide can i can i fucking just openly and honestly talk about the ice bucket challenge can i do that without fucking this mccarthyism fucking era of once the ball gets rolling if you fucking go anywhere else you're not supporting the troops you fucking you're a you're a you're a commie you you hate women or you know it just that ice bucket challenge, I've, at this point, I've been challenged by three different fucking people. Okay? The last one was last night. And it's, this is, this is what uh, the person texts me. He said, hey, you know, go check out my ice bucket challenge. I love how it's about the person. It's so not even about the disease. Hey, check out my wacky response to ice cold water over my fucking head. And he goes, uh, what the hell is it? He said, it's on Facebook. Um, hope you're good. I nominated you for the ice bucket ALS challenge. So I wrote back. I said, listen, dude, I live in a desert. All right. It's a $500 fine. If you waste water, I'm going to do the hundred dollar donation instead. So he goes, you prick. Well played. You can do it on the road and send me the video. And I wrote back. I'm like, dude, it's about raising money for ALS, not what, not you watching me dump 
a bucket of ice over my fucking head. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, do you understand how precious water is to everybody and around the world? How much there's a shortage of it? We're over here going, ah! just dumping it over our heads. And it's to the point now, it's the disease is is second banana to watching somebody's reaction. I know it's a fun fucking thing and it's raised over a hundred million dollars and all of that type of shit. But uh there's this pressure, like if you don't fucking do it and you just give a hundred bucks, somehow you're an asshole. What I want to know is how many people just dump the bucket of ice over their head and it's another fucking, you know, me moment for them and then they don't even give any goddamn money. Um, you know, this is just going to open a can of worm for all these other diseases. There's actually people in foundations right now sitting in a boardroom, okay, with fucking bagels and cream cheese sitting in front of them that everybody wants to go and grab, but no one wants to grab it first. So they seem like the person who just came there to eat and they are sitting there brainstorming, trying to figure out how can we come up with our own ice bucket challenge so people give a shit about rickets. <laughs> you know, it's like when there's a hit fucking movie. Oh, my God. It's a hit movie with vampires. God damn it. Put vampires in everything. That's what's going to happen. What other natural resource can we use? Uh, Fred, the fresh air challenge. The aquifer ice bucket challenge. Everybody's got to go to fucking Nantucket and dump water over their head. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good thing because it's raising money. But I got to be honest with you. You know, there's not a lot of water left, people. If you really look at it. The only fresh water we got coming is the polar ice caps melting. <laughs> Do you know a lot of those blue blood cunts are going around the world and they're buying up property that sits on an aquifer because they know that water in the future is going to be equivalent to currency? Do you understand how much little information I had before I just made that unbelievably terrifying statement? Do you understand that, people? Why are you listening to this thing? Um... You know what's going to be a rough month is the Ice Bucket Challenge and then also the Pink Month in the NFL. All of these fucking things. Oh, man. I, I really hope. I just hope that the money actually gets to the people that need it. Uh, you know? Because that pink, the lady, from what, I, from what I've, I've actually read on the Internet, so God knows if it's even remotely true, she makes like three quarters of a million dollars a year. And I know she's raised a bunch of money and all that type of shit. But at the end of the day, if there weren't a bunch of women dying from breast cancer, she wouldn't have a job. It's just fucking weird. I guess it's you can say the same thing about a doctor, but a doctor is trying to. Well, I guess she's trying to get them better. I don't know. How do you justify pulling that kind of money? I guess you're sitting there going like, well, I raised $100 million. That's not even 1%. I took three quarters of 1%. Then again, three quarters of a million dollars, you're probably riding around a BMW. I bet that isn't painted pink, is it? You know, you want to make sure you got the resale value, don't you? What's the name of the lady that does the pink thing? Is it Pam? Is it Peggy? Does her name start with P? 
Um, all right. Anyways, this is the uh, Monday morning podcast, everybody, everybody. A really heavy one. We've talked about suicide, ALS, and uh, breast cancer. Hey, how excited are you guys that the NFL football's coming back? The NFL football. How old do I sign? You know? Is she on that internet? Um... Bum, 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 bum. All right, LegalZoom.com, everybody. Most Americans don't have a will, but why? You don't want the court dictating what happens to you or your property or your minor children. It didn't say you there. You're dead, so that doesn't make any sense, Bill. Read it correctly. You don't want the court dictating what happens to your property and your minor children. So why procrastinate? You know what most people say? They go, oh, it's too expensive. Or it's too time-consuming, dude. You know what my answer is to that? LegalZoom.com. Too expensive? LegalZoom's prices, they just make sense. Too time-consuming? Look, it only takes 20 minutes, and LegalZoom guides you from start to finish. The service was developed by some of the best legal minds in the country, and they make it painless for you to get the legal help you need. In fact, helping people get legally protected has been their mission and passion for over 13 years. During the National Make-A-Will Month, get special pricing on wills and living trusts by entering BURR, B-U-R-R, in the referral box at checkout. Again, that discount code is BURR, B-U-R-R. It's National Make-A-Will Month, so don't wait. Protect your family, protect your future at LegalZoom.com today. LegalZoom was developed by top attorneys, top attorneys, top attorneys, to provide self-help services at your specific directions, but they are not a law firm. LegalZoom is hel- is Legal help is furnished through vetted independent attorneys. LegalZoom.com, discount code BURR, B-U-R-R. All right, man, a classic here. Dollar Shave Club, everybody. Have you ever wondered why razors are so expensive? Big shave companies are charging you for ridiculous shave technology you don't even need. First vibrating handles. What's next, a flashlight? Huh? Now pivot, flex ball heads, what's next? MV, MP3 players? I mean, come on, people. Enough is enough. Join DollarShaveClub.com for a few bucks a month. Dollar Shave Club delivers the world's best razors. Razors right to your door. I think Dollar Shave Club blades are better than the big company shave, uh, big, the big shave companies for a fraction of the price. It's the same blade. You know, what is it, made out of aluminum? The thing's dull in like five shaves. It's just they're giving you the same blade that they charge you like, what, $900 for for, uh, for, for a fraction of the price. I don't know what the price is here. I'm going to get to it in the copy. Anyways, it's so easy. Go to DollarShaveClub.com. Pick one of their razors. They start at $3 a month. Fresh blade every week. You're out of your mind if you don't do this. You don't even have to go to the damn store. You don't need the bank. You don't break the bank. You don't have to resort to cheap disposable to, sh- uh, to save cash, dollarshape.com is amazing. This is a train wreck read. Every month, they ship you automatic deliveries. You'll never forget to buy blades again. You don't have to squeeze shaves out of a dull, dirty old razor blade. Uh, you get to have, you get to shave with a fresh blade every week. This is absolutely mandatory for anyone uh, that wants a great shave. You deserve better than a dull old blade, don't you? Why don't you treat yourself? No more ridiculous shave technology. Make the smarter choice like I did. Join the Dollar Shave Club revolution at dollarshaveclub.com slash burr, B-U-R-R. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash burr. Ugh. I'm going to get some complaints on that one. It's not that you insulted us. It's that you read it so bad no one could understand what you were saying. 
E-voice, everybody. If you take all your business calls yourself, it's pretty hard to look professional to get anything done. By helping you expertly manage all of your business calls, eVoice provides you a better way to connect with your clients. With toll-free number, professional voice greeting, and a dial-by-name directory, eVoice transforms any phone into your business phone. When customers call, they're automatically sent to wherever you are. You can be at home, the office, or sitting poolside with a cold beverage. You'll always sound like you're a Fortune 500 company. And you'll get all of this for under 13 bucks a month for a limited time. My listeners can try eVoice for free for 60 days. That's right, 60 days. But this extended trial will not last forever. You have to do it now. Go to eVoice.com and enter promo code Bill upon checkout to get your special offer. Make sure you hurry because this offer ends soon. Go to eVoice.com, promo code Bill. That's eVoice.com, promo code Bill. Bravo, India, Lima, Lima. All right, sorry. All right. Let's get back to the podcast here. Um, let's get back to diseases and talking about dying or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm calling 2072 for me. I want to see the 70s again. Uh, that's why I'm trying to uh, – well, that's not why I'm trying to eat right and exercise. I do it because I'm vain, you know? I just want to look good for you people. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new ending to the crying. You like that one? That's when I take it to another level. That long one makes Verzi fucking laugh his ass off. Oh, Jesus. Who is this? Oh, it's my brother. Hey, I'm doing my podcast. Can I call you right back? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, bump, 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 You know what's funny? As silly as that, that fucking ringtone sounds... Like, if you gave that to anybody in Asia, they would start with that thing, and then they would have, like, the most amazing... They could build that theme into the sickest fucking, like, opening to uh, an Olympic ceremony you've ever seen. You like that? That's called positive stereotypes. (laughs) That music sounded Asian to me, so I connected it with Asian culture with uh, a positive result. Is that also offensive? You know what I mean? If you just say stereotypical shit, but it's positive. Dude, let me tell you something about those greaseball Italians. They can really cook. They're the best cooks in the world. Like, do you have some sort of weird, like, McDLT? Like, hot and cold? You throw in something fucking offensive in there with a big-time, like, positive thing? Oh, those fuckers can't drive, but whoo, are they good at math? Okay, we're like 50. He needs to like half apologize and like almost get suspended. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's get back to the uh, to the podcast. Um, where the hell am I? Oh, dude, you know what? I bought. Did I tell you guys? I late night. I'm watching TV. Right. I had a lot of late nights this week because I I had the. Uh, it was my final week off before I was going uh, back on the road. The oddball thing, and I've and I've really enjoyed my time, um, time off. I haven't taken time off in, um, I don't know, fucking ten years. Like took a significant period of time off. Um, just sort of been doing this shit because it's been fun. But at some point, I kind of looked up and was like, "Hey, I need to I need to chill out." So the last, you know, July and August, I kind of, you know, 
rather than going out every other weekend and a one or two back-to-back weekends. I kind of did like, well, I did still did two weekends in July, but they were fun weekends, and I haven't done shit in August yet. And um, it's been great. I've been in L.A. building up my new hour, and uh, I was fucking around last night down at the comedy store, which, uh, you know, is my favorite club out here. And um, it was another great thing because you, when you go into the comedy store, the original room, that's where all those guys, um, when they came to town, that's where they, they went up. I don't even know that they had the main room initially. Um, they just had that uh, the original room, and that's where Letterman, Leno, Robin Williams, uh, Sam Kinison, Dice, all of those guys, Sandra, Sandra Bernhard, all of them, all of the comedy store greats, Jim Carrey, all those guys started there. And uh, so they have these neon signs that they made for, like, some of their best ones. And it was basically, it's Pryor, uh, Kinnison, Robin Williams. Um, I forget. You just go around the room. It's like, you know, it's like five Mount Rushmore's worth of people. So last night you went in there, and they usually have them all lit up, and they only had Robins lit up. It was really fucking cool. And I wanted to try out a bunch of new stuff. So I'm like, well, shit, there's your sign right there. Robin Williams, the king of fucking improv. So I've just been going down there. And, um, you know, as every hour starts out with, it starts off with that idea, that little chunk. And uh, I've been fucking around with the order. And I just went up there and I was did like 15 minutes, nothing from my special. There was a couple of leftover ideas that didn't get developed. Um, or didn't make the special for whatever reason. Not like I made a choice for them not to be in the special. They just didn't come out, you know? I just did my act, and those jokes didn't get told. So um just been having a great fucking time being home. Um, and I don't know. Now I'm getting ready to do the fucking road, and I'm literally having like a panic attack. Like, ah, fuck, I got to go back out there again. But I know the second I get out there, it's going to be great. And um, I'm really looking forward to these oddball shows because, uh, one, I need the fucking money. I haven't worked in two months. And uh, I got the downstairs hanging over my goddamn head. Um, You know what kills me is we put in this, this, we put in this walk-in closet, right, downstairs um, off this bathroom. And, you know, it's an old house, so it's it's a walk-in closet the size of how fat people are today and how much extra shit we buy compared to back in the day when people, you know, used to take shit down to the cobbler or get the TV repaired. The TV repairman was actually a fucking career, you know? You didn't just keep buying shit and then going to Goodwill and throwing it at them and then buying more shit. So anyways, um, I basically... This is how fucking hilarious women are and how much faster their fucking brains are in certain areas. When we came and we looked at this house, I was just, I don't know what I was looking at. I just liked it. And when we left the house, she was just like, what'd you think? I was like, I don't know. I like that one. And she kind of went like, I liked it too. And then we got like excited, but she had already worked out what room was going to be hers and which closets were going to be hers. And I have like, 
I got like two half a closets, you know, back when like someone who was like for clothes for like back when somebody was my size, he was considered like, I don't know what. Like I would be in like the in the early days of the NBA at 5'10", 170, 175. I don't know what, you know, on a shit franchise, I could have actually been a power forward. <laughs> I'm just saying people were smaller back then. And if you don't realize that, go to an old stadium, whatever's left, the Yale Bowl to the Rose Bowl, you, the Cotton Bowl. You go out to those old stadiums, and what's hilarious is they're a third of the size of the new stadiums. And they hold more people. They hold like 100,000 people. Now, a lot of that is because there's not luxury boxes and all that fucking space where they have people walking around. But when you're sitting down where they have the numbers on the aluminum benches, it's like they used to be back in the old Patriot Stadium. If you stood up during the winter when everybody had their puffy coats on during an exciting play, if you were the last person to try to sit down in your row, you lost your seat. And you had to kind of crouch down and wait for something else Good to happen is people threw shit at you, you know, in a joking way, going down in front, knowing what the deal was. Um, so anyway, so I have, the, I have like these two, like one of the closets I have is so fucking small. Like um, it's basically from, it's my shoulder width and it's, it's long and it's that wide. And up top it has like some, almost like, it's not baseboard. It's at the middle of the wall. And then it has... What I hang my clothes on are, uh, you know, like nunchuck handles. Just imagine nunchuck handles being twice the size of that. And there's three of those. And I, I, I set them on that baseboard. That's not a baseboard. Halfway up the wall at a 45 degree angle. There's three of them. And then I hang clothes on them. And what happens is inevitably I reach when I have to grab something in the second row. If I go to pull it off, if I pull it off too quickly, the whole thing falls down and takes down another row. Um, so anyways, anyways, when we, I got to say this quietly cause she's, she's in the other room. When we started this fucking project, okay, that walk-in closet downstairs, that was going to be mostly mine and partly hers, but it was going to be mostly mine. And I don't know what happened during the fucking project, but like I I've lost real estate down there again. I, 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 I swear to God. And now I'm actually, you know what I'm thinking? I'm like, I need to redo the garage. And I'm like, there it is. There it is. I'm the stereotypical guy. I have, I'm gradually being squeezed out of my house and I'm going to, I used to do a bit about that. Then when you get married, all of your shit ends up in either the basement or the garage. We don't have a basement, but we have a garage. So and this is the funny thing. I'm actually looking forward to it because it's not attached to the house. So I could, could just kind of have that, you know, I can walk away from my life. That was actually was a fantasy of, of mine. Like my dream house, you know, if I wasn't in this fucking business was I would live out more in the country. Um, not literally the country, but I would live in, in a place that looked like the country but was still like a 45 minute drive to a major city. And I always wanted, um, I always like old houses cause I make everything in my fucking life difficult, you know, rather than just buying a new one, I just, I like old shit. So I, I would buy an old house, fix the whole thing up, but it would have a, a garage with a room over the garage 
that is is detached from the house. Ideally, it's an old barn. And down below, I would have my old truck. And then I would have some selfish vehicle, like a fucking Corvette, some two-seater. Like, fuck you people. I know I'm married, but, you know, I need some me time. And then upstairs, I'd have my drums, guitars, and all of that shit. You know, and then, you know, of course, a flat screen TV. And you know, let's, let's just go all out. A fucking refrigerator, right? With like, uh, you know, all kinds of booze in there. Humidor, with cigars. You know, fire escape up the back for whores. Whatever. You get the idea. <laughs> um, so now I'm thinking... You know, I got this garage. I mean, not like I'm going to put another floor on it, but uh, eventually. I'm actually at this point, because of my situation in my house, my lack of closet space, and the fact that I bought this old Ludwig drum kit with John Bonham-sized drums, like a 26-inch bass drum. It's fucking huge. Um, that I'm actually thinking of uh, eventually. I don't know redoing the i'm more excited to redo the garage than i am the kitchen put it that way because uh that's how it works that's how it works by the way somebody sent me a um somebody sent me a text of uh mel gibson's divorce settlement um and you know what's funny the first half of it didn't even bother me he was worth like 800 million He's been with his wife for 30 years. She gave him seven fucking kids. Okay? Seven kids. So she gets half that fortune. You know what? I don't got a problem with that. Fuck it. You know, I'll take 400 million. Take Who gives a fuck at that point? You had seven kids. God bless you. Here you go. I'll give you 500 million. I'll keep 300 million. What fucking killed me? is she gets half of all of his checks for the rest of her life, the rest of Mel's life. And that's that's that extra shit. Like, it's like, come on, man. He just gave you $400 million. You can't, you can't, like, survive on that for the rest of your life. You got to go after that. But I guess what it is, is really, it isn't even about the money. It's more about, I gave you 30 years of my fucking life. Okay? I absolutely blew out my fucking body for you. And now you're going to go get with this Russian whore? And what am I going to do? I wanted to hang with you for the rest of my life. You know, and enjoy our golden years. And now I got to go to a fucking bingo parlor to find somebody else? Yeah, maybe I get it. Maybe I get it, but I got to be honest, somebody sent me that, that, uh, or tweeted it to me and I read it and it actually was keeping me up at night last night thinking about that. Uh, but I always end up finding the positive. I was just like, you know what? I would just completely 100% downsize my life and I would live like I'd have one fork, one spoon, one knife. One bowl, one plate, one glass. I would just make everything super fucking simple. Um, I dress like fucking Albert Einstein. 
You know, I would have the same fucking outfit every goddamn day. I would just make it ridiculously simple. Um, yeah, and then I'd live in, a, I'd get a flat screen and a fucking pull-out couch, and I would just have uh, all the sports packages and a dog, and that would be it. And I would just keep it like that, and I'd drive my old truck, and that would be it. I would just, that would be it. That would be my fucking life. I'd wear Chuck Taylors. <laughs> I would just keep it simple. That actually doesn't sound like a bad life, does it? I mean, even that life, that's how spoiled I am living in a first world country. Like, that's my, you know, did you hear what happened to Bill? (laughs) He has a place to live and can watch sports 24 hours a day. And he has a dog and he has his health. The poor bastard. All right. um, Let's get to uh, the last advertising read here. All right. This read, it's prosper, everybody. Prosper! In 72 hours, you could have $35,000 to cover your needs. What will you do? Pay off a high, uh, pay off a high rate credit card? Start a business? That home improvement project? I can tell you right now, even if you did that, a lateral move where rather than owing the credit card company, you owed Prosper. If their interest is lower, right there, you just saved money. And all you did was just move money from this hand to this hand. Oh, what did I do there? What did I do there? Um, with our sponsor, Prosper, it's never been easier. Go online, answer a few questions, and see how low fixed, how your low fixed rate, and see your low fixed rate in seconds. Jesus, Bill. Your money hits your account in as few as three days. Prosper's the fastest growing peer-to-peer lender, and they facilitated over $1 billion in loans for people like you. Their revolutionary platform connects people looking to borrow money with those who have money to invest. There's no outrageous fees, no raising interest rates, and you'll never set foot in a bank. Just go to prosper.com slash burr, B-U-R-R, to check out your rate instantly without affecting your credit score. That's always nice, huh? Uh, for a limited time, Prosper is offering my listeners a $50 Visa pre- uh, prepaid gift card When you get a loan, go to prosper.com slash burr. Up to $35,000 in just three days and a $50 gift card. Go to prosper.com slash burr. Other restrictions apply. See site for details. Gift card is issued by Central State Bank of Florida, pursuant to license from Visa USA Incorporated. All personal loans are made by WebBank, a Utah-chartered, Chartered Industrial Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All right. Um, So that's the advertising for this week. Let's get back to the podcast. Um, Oh, my God. So I didn't mention I was up late night. And uh, I was watching, uh, you know, having a couple of drinks. This was months and months ago. And it it was one of those time life like music collections and it was this easy listening rock this easy listening rock music that they had and they just had like two former stars and then going who can forget this one you know the music of our childhood is so important absolutely randy and it's timeless what about this bg song right shadow dancing or whatever the fuck they were singing i can't for some reason i'm going blank on all the fucking songs so long story short i actually bought the box set and uh, I've just been driving around 
listening to this fucking soft rock. Maybe if you want me, baby, if you need me, you're the only one. I'm just all of this shit. So they actually had a Doobie Brothers song, Saturday in the Park. And I realized that as a comedian, my bucket list is I want to be in the city of Boston at karaoke. And I want to listen to somebody sing that song just for the first line. You know, say in the park. People in Boston don't really say say. They say Saturday. Why don't you come over on Saturday? Hey, Nia's in here. A man selling ice cream. Singing Italian songs. <laughs> you got to admit, the how great is that? It's a good, it's very positive and uplifting. But was he really just in the park on a Saturday and just wrote a song about the things that he was observing? Because yes, it was. really sounds like that. People dancing, people laughing, a man selling ice cream, <laughs> singing Italian songs. <laughs> Anyways, and of are course, you, are you talking about your your box set that you got drunk at one in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> what what are, what are some of the other songs that were on there? It was like didn't they have like Air Supply on there and Linda Ronstadt and Linda Ronstadt doing the smoking? You're so vain. Yeah. That's it. That's, I bet that's you think Carly, that right? song is about yeah. you, right? Yeah. All well, that all that stuff. This soft rock. But you know what? Actually, One of these like eight CD sets. <laughs> Remember this from the, you know. Oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you right now. One of my favorite things was this next guy. What was that guy? Rupert something or other? Rupert Holmes. Him. Oh, him. Yeah. A song I have never heard of in my entire life. That was a filler song. <laughs> it was. <laughs> then they also had all these songs from the 80s. It kind of bothered me uh, that they actually, they had a couple of... Uh, but this is stuff that you would find on like a, a like a easy listening type of like old school soft rock station, right? I think it's just because four seven the wave. Like yeah. they exactly. But I I have like a line drawn in the sand as far as like seventies and eighties because to me oh, you it do why because I just think as you go from decade to decade, it's just such a jarring change because whoever's coming up, if they're gonna make it. You know, if you try to do that more of the same, you're literally going to try to float on the fumes of this other style that's going out. You got to change. So that disco went into like new wave, into into that metal music, into grunge, mm-hmm. and then rap took over. And like, not like rap wasn't around, but like, it, it, I just I don't know. So for me, like that seventies. Like, how do you put in, like, with Saturday in the park, how do you put in, like, Genesis or Mike and the Mechanics in the living years? Because I think it's just all sort of... I never talked to my dad. A general... He was a fucking dick. (laughs) But he bought me a bicycle. The general genre of just, like, soft, not too hard. Say it loud. Oh, say it loud. (laughs) Back up black singers to make me sound like I have soul. You better not be referring to Michael McDonald because he is a national treasure. I was talking about Mike and the Mechanics. Who's that? Oh no, I've heard of him. He was the he was the bearded guy. 
who looked like the father on Family Ties, but he was actually in Genesis. Oh, okay. I know who the, what the father of Family yeah. Ties looked like. Sue, That's an awesome song. That song. You know something? People your age, 10 years younger than me, think that song is awesome. because is you was not? No, because you were having awesome memories Yeah. when that song came out. You didn't have to pay for anything. You know, you went to school. Like, your big thing was like, oh, my God, I have a pimple on my face. Like, <laughs> like your life was easy. Why can't I just like a song because I like a song? Because that song sucks. Does it really? It's yes. so fun. Suit, suit, studio. Is this when people decided that they didn't like Phil Collins because he went into like No, this is when people were loving everything that he was doing. Oh, okay. They forgot. See, the one thing that people forget about Phil Collins is uh, that guy is one of the greatest drummers of the last 40 years. He's a fucking insane drummer. Mm -hmm. And Genesis initially was this progressive rock band. Um, had Peter Gabriel. And it was just uh, monsters in this band. And then they trimmed down like all of them after a while it's just like man let's just get fucking paid man <laughs> let's stop doing 20 minute jams wait who was that band that their video is hilarious because they're on some sort of boardwalk and they're playing like they're miming playing instruments with even though they know how to do it that's journey yeah oh, wait it's a someday love will find you break those chains that bind you yeah. Yeah, and they're fucking sitting there. Sorry. <laughs> you, when the concepts for the, when they first started making videos are just, you just see how they're just throwing everything against the wall and just seeing what works. They're like, how about we play with no instruments, man? Yeah, like, let's try to make it interesting. Um, it's like, why would you? Why would you do that? But they thought it was a really cool concept at the time but 80s videos oh. are the best they're so much fun they're another so another ridiculous. another phil collins one this is solo phil collins that you love that's on this collection that who can forget these songs Neil? who can forget this hit was uh <laughs> that song uh take a look at, at me, me now yeah yeah Ugh, that song's Against awful all odds. no it's not because i have a gun in my mouth and even okay, though I'm really, a rock star really and I can get a bunch of pussy, you really didn't I can't stop thinking far. about your fold. You can't, you, there's really no need. There's, there's really no need for you to take it to that dark place, okay? He, he's, he's, yeah, it is. He's it is a dark place. I went to the, they had the fucking, the, they had the memorial for Robin Williams. It's a sad fucking time. And that song will make you put a fucking gun in your mouth. I mean, it is pretty depressing. Thank you. Okay. Fair enough. See that? That's why you're the shit. <laughs> why? Because I eventually agree with you? No, because if you're wrong, you admit it. Yeah, it is depressing. But it's beautiful at the same time. But it's very sad. It is, some, it is definitely something you listen to in the dark, crying and drinking alone. I, don't, I drive down the street like rooting for Phil. Come on, get your shit together. You sound like you're on her front lawn. Look at me now. Look at you, look what you did to me. And then she's yeah, dating. an empty she, space. She's dating some bigger dude. You want me to go take care of that guy? <laughs> no, I'll hand it. I'll handle it. Phil up. You have to, you have to stop you have coming to stop. over here. I told you. I moved on. And you coming back to me. <laughs> Philip, I've called the police, okay? The he's, he's got a hatchback oh. with all his shit in the back. Poor Phil Collins. These dumb tennis shoes that don't have fucking laces in them. How is Phil Collins these days? There was an article written about him, I feel like, in Rolling Stone a few years ago. Yeah, it was really... Like the angriest man in rock or something? No, no, no. It wasn't angry. It was just he was uh, he was in a bad place. He was going through like his third fucking divorce. And physically, he couldn't play drums anymore. But I think he's mm -hmm. come out of that. Mm -hmm. And he was also 
couldn't understand why he was considered the Antichrist by a lot of music fans. Why was he? Cons- that's what I was wondering. That's that's why I was saying earlier. Wasn't there a period where people decided that they hated him? Why? Because there's this tipping. Succeeded. Yeah, but there's this tipping point where you become so successful and you have so much money and when the next group of people comes up and they rebel Mm -hmm. against that era, like in in the 80s, disco sucked, Mm -hmm. all right? And the 60s were the coolest fucking thing ever. And then the 90s came and then the 90s, it was like the 70s were fucking cool, Boogie Nights and all that shit. And then the 80s were were like, uh, you know, that was all cheesy horse shit and hair metal and all that fucking crap. So... He got so big, he defined that era, kind of like the Bee Gees. So I think now it's coming back around where people like him. Like, you like him, Joe DeRosa. The teen sensation? The teen idol sensation from the Opie and Anthony program. He uh, he he loves Phil Collins. Um, oh, he's actually going to be down the uh, the goddamn comedy jam tonight. Oh, is he? Yeah. Very good. Is he gonna Is he going to jam, man? He's going to sing. Oh my God! This is incredible. I'm oh, very yeah. excited for it. Oh, you know how I, you know how I love our son Joe DeRosa. Uh, <laughs> as we used to call him, we lived in New York. He used to always yeah. we'd, have, we'd have him come over for dinner. <laughs> Bill and I kind of adopted Joe when we all lived in New York. Yeah, and you two guys, the way you guys would eat like steak to the point you would eat when you get a ribeye, you'd be eating all the gristle too. Oh, like yeah. I never saw that. It was like reminded of that John Candy movie. Where he had he oh, had to eat the, the the thing the fat. Yeah, he he was eating that 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 big steak or whatever it is, and yeah, yeah the seventy two ouncer. Yeah, no, Joe and I like to get we like to get right down into it. Joe said he would eat the bones if he could. Okay, well, I'm not gonna go that far, but yeah, you got to get all the meat off that bone, baby. Hey, Make go 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 grab another mic so I don't have to keep passing it over to you. Go grab another mic with the cord and all that, and I'm gonna read one of these questions here. Okay. Um, oh, hey, this is a good thing here. I want to thank the listeners. Everybody went out and downloaded Nick Youssef's uh, uh, All Things Comedy member. Part of, part of the mob here, uh, the podcast mob, um, who uh, downloaded his, uh, his comedy album last, last week. Everybody was really pleased. A lot of people hadn't heard about Nick. He's underground. You want to be the first person on your block to say, hey, I know about this cool new comedian. Um, seriously, man, this guy's the real deal, and his uh, his, com- his album made it to number three on iTunes. How about that? Hey, uh, the the microphone's in the uh, it's in the closet, my half a closet that I have, Nini. Oh God! What do you mean, oh God? Can we talk about that, Nia? How how I walked in and just loved this house. You walked in, loved this house, and also picked out all the choice spots. It was fucking amazing how you were able to do that. How did you do that? How can you just take all the fucking closets and leave me, leave me without a space? You need me to test this thing first? For my fucking shirts and my damn socks. <laughs> all the spots are for you. We have e- You're a closet whore. <laughs> I, re- <laughs> I really don't appreciate that. We both have the same kind of closet space in the bedroom, so no, no, that's no, equal. Oh, oh, okay, you want to trade closets? What do you mean? In this this area? Well, no, I mean, I have all my stuff settled right now. How, how brilliant was that? <laughs> she literally gives herself time. Do you, what, you want to trade? Do you want to trade closets? What do you mean? All of a sudden, you don't understand English? I understand. Excuse me. 
Don't insult me. Don't, right? don't, don't play the I'm offended card. It has nothing okay? to do Okay, you know exactly what's going on. I, I have half a fucking closet that's hanging off this house that is not up to code, I, and it has a piece <laughs> of fucking wood holding it up. I told you that I would help you go to the container store and figure out how to organize your shit the way that I did. That's what I did. You saw it took me like three months to figure it all out and get it all in there perfectly. Mia, I told you I, I could help you with that. I swear to God, and you don't I'm have patience slap for it. you, you don't have in patience your lying face. <laughs> <laughs> Nia, You're not slapping anything, both, all right? I told you I would help you out, okay? So you don't have patience for that sort of thing. And, you know. Are you done with your horse shit? Nia, uh, both yes. of your closets you can walk into. You can walk into that one. And what, stand sideways? <laughs> I, I can't really. You know what I can do in my closets? I can I do, I can do that. Sideways. I can do that hammer time dance <laughs> in both of my closets. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? Either the back of my head or my little button nose is going to scrape on the wall. And I did say button nose. I have a cute nose on my giant face. I thought I was the one with the cute nose. You know something? You took all the closet space. Can I at least be the one with the cute nose? Okay. There we go. You can have the Uh, nose. You know, bad. I'm going to get trash for that Mm -hmm. on the podcast. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) He (laughs) makes cookies. Hey. Yes, dear. So now we're going to... Don't start yes, dear, and me. (laughs) That downstairs closet... That'll be done in 2016. <laughs> that is mine. Um, I think we're going to share it is really what we've... I don't like the way you share. What is that? What are you talking about? I'm going to have this closet up here. I'm only putting down. You have two closets upstairs like, that you can walk into and do a little dance. Make a little love. <laughs> get down tonight. Who can forget this one? <laughs> Who can forget this one? Let's get to the, uh, let's get to the, uh, the questions for the week. Okay. Homeless with a plan. Dear Boxcar Billy. That's good. (laughs) That's actually really good. If you found yourself homeless tomorrow, what would would be your game plan? Oh, my God. Where Mm. would you set up shop? Are you an under-the-bridge guy? That's the first thing I thought of. Or a beach guy. I'm definitely not a beach guy. Do you sleep all day to be alert to the dangers of the night? Oh, is that what they do? That makes sense. That makes complete sense. Yeah, the ones who can't fight. Um, they sleep during the day. I think that's also just common sense, though, actually. You know what they're like? They're like rabbits. What does that mean? Rabbits are like the... Cute and furry, but vicious? No, rabbits are just <laughs> like... Uh, they exist to keep everything else fed in nature. That's why they fuck like rabbits. They can have a bunch of them. They're, they're like coleslaw on the, uh, the meat platter. Ugh, I fucking hate coleslaw. Coleslaw really is like a filler... It fills up the plate. But I actually was defending coleslaw to Paul Verzi. It's like when somebody knows how to make it, so many people don't know how to make it. They make it all wet and fucking mayonnaise Yeah. Too much mayonnaise. It's what about be- our, our old neighbor, though? He, he made, ah, ha, ha, he made yeah. the fucking, uh, he made the hearty one. Yeah, he made it very, like, crisp and it's it more delicious. like vinegary and tangy. Jason Lawhead makes an unbelievable fucking uh, coleslaw. He so. makes, like, his, but Jason Lawhead can cook anything and can make a meal out of anything. That's right. Well, it's let me, let me finish this right way. here. Okay. Do you sleep all day to be alert to the dangers of night? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could beg or play drums on some pots and pans. <laughs> Thanks for the last uh, listener from New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Oh, I'll tell you, New Hampshire, that's God's country up there. That was Did the first still have time the, the we, ever, we ever took like a little vacation together. Do you remember that? It was in New Hampshire. In the captain's quarters? Captain's. Quarters. That little, like, beach, lake-type business they've got over there. Uh, anyway, I could see you... Uh, that was great. That was great. And it was uh, it was perfect white trash for me. 
There was enough tatted up people with tank tops. There was enough fucking uh, just sort of I ate mac and cheese as a main course meal like me with toast. Remember when I tried to, to like spray that kind of like tinter, tint SPF on you? It was supposed to like, <laughs> supposed to give you like a tan and it didn't work. And I, used, like, I remember that. I used like two fucking spray cans and nothing happened. It wouldn't it take. It just wouldn't take. Like you're... you're <laughs> Your skin <laughs> repels color. Like, it's resistant to color. Like, it just won't happen for you. It won't happen. Yeah, it just won't. You get so you get more freckles on, oh, like, freckles. your forearms and, like, your lower legs. But other than that, it's nothing. <laughs> well, what happens is if my... Who can't take, like, my... a spray tan, essentially? <laughs> like, what kind of pasty, melanin-deficient de- fucking piece of freak nature are you that you can't even i'm being so mean right now <laughs> no you're not i don't give a shit it's true i will object you notice i didn't interrupt you i will i will object when you say something that isn't accurate all right so obviously sleeping during the day is going to be rough for me because of the sun so i either choose a beat down or i get sunburned so you definitely got to do you got to do the bridge it's it's shadier for you <laughs> but it also it also smells like urine so you know, you got to take the good with the bad. Under the bridge one. of love. Um, and who can forget this impactful hit? Um, you know, I used to I used to play drums with this guy, and he was into the Chili Peppers. And uh, we used to play this song that was really fun to play, but I hated the lyrics. Why? Uh, suck my kiss. Oh, okay. I hate. You <laughs> suck my kiss. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hated the lyrics uh yeah that's a rough one realize but- i don't want to be a miser <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about the red hot chili peppers is, is flea. flea yes flea right 100%. no it's the whole band it's the whole the band. whole band is awesome i love anthony kiedis i like you hated his fucking what his, his Hitler mustache? Not his Hitler mustache. Because <laughs> I hated uh, that. <laughs> his autobiography, where it was just one, and then I was banging uh, this hot chick, and I was yeah. in love. And yeah, no, I found it. I then found I had it a insufferable. I found it insufferable. I like Dave. And Navarro you know what? When he came Navarro off to me there. like a bully, and he was mean to Flea. And I was like, this guy's a dick. And Flea <laughs> needs to know how to draw some fucking lines and be like, listen, Anthony. I'm I, not putting up with that shit. I think Flea knows how to take care of himself just fine. Flea seems scrappy. And like he a is little scrappy, bit, a little but bit you crazy. know what? He wears his heart on his sleeve. That's Aww. what I got out of it. Oh, Flea. No, Flea. This turned into a Flea love fest. Flea, we love um, you. You would, definitely, you would be a street performer, for sure. Boxcar Billy, I swear to God, is <laughs> fantastic. I would... Uh, You'd be a busker. No, this is what I do. No, I would be up during the day. And I would sleep at night until I took that first brutal ass kicking. Like when the Clockwork Orange guys came around and started kicking me in the ribs. Mm -hmm. Then I would be a broken ribbed, balding Billy sleeping on the sidewalk like that guy down the street when I walked Cleo by. Cleo always funny. Like, you know, she's always viewing everybody as a threat. Mm -hmm. She actually looks down at this person with like this look of concern right is he okay yeah is it yeah like, she they can goes tell. over and like she wants to like sniff and stuff and and, and yeah like hey buddy right. is everything all right she's curious about a lot of people it's interesting it's but not necessarily in a bad way i don't think i see her kind of wanting to approach women a lot of time yeah she's so, sexist 
So yeah, I, I would I would be a uh, I would initially be an under the bridge guy, but I, I would find a bridge that nobody else was at. Um, and I would also be homeless in a the nicest neighborhood I could be in. Um, They'd run you out though. You can't be that's homeless what that, in a nice neighborhood. Well, the, well, that's what I'm saying. Like the nicest neighbor I could be homeless in, because then I could walk to a nicer neighborhood and be like, "Hey, man, can you help me out?" <laughs> Have a heart. And I would have every lie on my sign. Terminal disease, homeless vet, anything I could fucking think. I got to make money. I'd do anything. What do you think about those people who are like, you know, why lie? I want to get high. Well, I didn't mean it to rhyme like that. I liked it at first, but now I think it's hacky. Okay. You need to get a new, you need to get a new uh, slogan there. Clever homeless people. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, fiance, we got to get moving here because we got to get the dog in the. Uh, oh, okay. We're already an hour in. Fiance getting crazy fit. Hey, Billy Biceps. Uh, Did today, you really say that? Yeah. Oh. Why? You didn't like it because it was sort of complimentary? No. Come on, how good a shape am I in right now? You look amazing. Thank you. Uh, today, I have an odd problem that I am hoping you can lend me some advice. Uh. I should have said, and I'm hoping, not that I'm ho- that I'm hoping. Uh, I have always been on an, an on and off gym rat. My fiance is amazing looking and worked as a Disney World dancer, which kept her in fantastic shape. Recently, she took a new job and sits behind a desk all day, looking for a new way to stay fit. She started heading to the gym with me. All was great for a while. To recently, she found a new workout program. Now she's addicted to lifting, and with the advice of a personal trainer is looking to become a bikini competitor. Sounds great, right? Not so much. First off, most bikini competitions are crazy ripped, manly ripped. Uh, if I was into that, I would I would change teams. Uh, next issue. Oh, okay. No, Nia, Sorry, I'm going to keep quiet. Would you want your man to look like a woman? Uh, next issue is that she doesn't want to, all right, talk, talk about my ignorance at the end of this. I realized 40% of why that was an ignorant comment. Next issue is that she doesn't want to have fun anymore. We are in the mid twenties, no kids and live alone. We normally do a little partying, which has gotten cut out to save all calories. And last off is that she really is a 10. Now her swinging dick in the weight room throws lines no, no, no. Now every swinging dick in the weight room throws lines at her every day. I trust her and have no worries, but it gets under your skin. For these selfish reasons, <laughs> I could use some advice. I support her no matter what, but still want her to have fun and have no interest in dating a man. But I have no interest in dating a man. Any good idea? Maybe the lovely Nia could yell at me and set me straight. You really, oh, yeah. have, you oh, really yeah. have a reputation oh, here. Oh, yeah. You're going you're gonna to fucking get it. You're absolutely hey, going to hey. get it. Oh, Who our- made you the fucking authority on everything? Get off your oh, you're gonna get it. Uh, shut up, Nia. Uh no, I will not shut up. This guy needs to shut up because oh, you feel in a certain kind of way because your girlfriend is, you know, growing without you and you still wanna lie around and be a tub of shit. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's uh, not, that's completely inaccurate. Uh, I know, uh, I know, we know somebody that has done bikini fitness, a female, and she doesn't look like a dude at all. There are the girls that are, do really the steroid shit, which is, yeah, that's, that's, that's not a good look. Um, and then there are the girls who are, do the natural 
thing. There's different like categories of it, but they're like the natural girls, and then they're the ones that look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like circa 1983. Obviously, obviously you don't want that. I totally get that. I wouldn't, you know, if a girlfriend was going in that direction, I'd be like, ah, no. So of course, but yeah, if she's getting in shape and she really loves it, no, she's not going to want to go out drinking. She's not going to yeah. want to go out. Like, that's kind of just part of it. Then they don't drink water, so it sucks everything up right before the, the, yeah. the thing. And then they go out and they paint themselves brown. And then they go out there <laughs> and they got literally their yeah, show shredded. They have, like, veins coming out of where their bush should be. Yeah, she's their not, not going to end up looking <laughs> like a dude. I really don't think that that's a real fear that you have. So you really need to stop it with that. Like, yeah. give me a fucking break. Like, Just know like that when you're... lifting weights, all of a sudden she's going to be like, yo, what's up? Like, well, that's, she that's, has that's to keep the happen. long hair, though. She has to keep the long hair because eventually... Most of them do have long hair in she... that competition because okay. you're supposed to like... All right. Because all, all I'm saying is eventually, if she keeps working out, her ass is going to feel like an elbow. And if she has the short hair, you could really feel like, wink, wink, that's the odd yeah, thing. She's not going to end up looking like a dude. You're just getting insecure because, yeah, like you said, the dudes in the weight room are starting to talk to her. And so you're trying to deal with that by being like, I don't want to fucking date a man, okay? I mean, calm down, sweetie. Put the yeah, but you know away. something on the other like, side, though? Get over Wh- yourself. He cares about her. He's worried he's going to lose her. You're being a douche to him right no, now. No, he's being a douche by being like, I don't want to date a guy. If I wanted that, I'd switch teams. Like throwing that ridiculous shit in there. Just come out with it. Just say you're feeling insecure because she's looking better than ever. And these meathead dudes that could probably can't you bench validate? press you are now talking oh, to Jesus. her. And now like you're feeling you- a certain kind of way. That's exactly what's going on. You know, Nia, if you want people to hear your point, you, you can't shit on them like that. I'm sorry. Did you just tell me that? Yeah. Because that's what you do. Yeah, but not when I want Billy shits on everybody, (laughs) bro. Yeah, but not when I want somebody to hear my point. Okay. Or maybe I do. Oh, I'm just saying. Well, maybe I can fucking hear it from you. But I I can tell you this, Nia. There is a certain point where a woman gets in such ridiculous shape, you you lose a lot of the uh, femininity, however you say that fucking word. Okay. Yeah, you, you want like a little softness. Yeah, I understand. Something that. to hold on to. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, you don't want to feel like you're cradling your buddy in a foxhole, <laughs> trying to fucking hold your breath during the mustard gas. That kind of makes old <laughs> Willie take a fucking vacation. <laughs> well, has I mean that's the thing though. Has she even gotten to that point, or is he just like freaking she, out? No, she's going to do the competitions. Yeah, but as as I said in the beginning, there are competitions where you got more of a Can natural you vibe going any on. Any of his feelings. I validate his feelings if he'd just be honest with his feelings and stop throwing. He said stop for these selfish the reasons. Okay. I could use some advice. Right. He had a sense of humor. Maybe he Nia, also said that maybe I maybe Nia I could, can yell at yeah, him. Yeah, he's being funny. Okay. Well, I'm I'm a little I'm playfulness right there, there. Okay. All right. Jeez, Louise. Look at you getting all upset about it. Why are you getting all? Because I want emotional? some closet space too. <laughs> 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 This podcast um, theme is all about men feeling emasculated and how you need to get the fuck over it. Yeah, look at that. See that? What? See this what? is what I've always said about women. Don't Every- point at me. I'm pointing right at you. <laughs> Everything that you guys don't want us to do to you, you guys do to us in a fucking heartbeat. And you don't even see it because we can beat the shit out of you. So you don't fucking see, you don't see the, uh, 
the humanity in us. Why don't you cue you doing that? Can you add? Can we make that some sort of sound effect that I can hit every time you're like, see, when guys do it, you guys are like this, but when you do it, it's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna hit a button and have you go because that's exactly what you are. Good. Now, can I do that back to you? Now, you see, again, you're always like, yeah, see, because this and this. It's like I've never seen who I feel like. I don't, I don't, hey, I, I don't want to make a point, you stick your face out. I don't want to, I don't want to get racial. Yeah, go ahead, it. do it. Do but it. I swear to God, fucking straight white men love trying to keep score about shit. It's like, see, when you guys do this, we can't do this, but then that and then that. It's like you guys are fighting so hard to maintain the status quo. It's actually laughable. The kind of ridiculous things that'll come out of your mouth in order to like keep things the way they used to be back when this goddamn country meant something and stood something for something. I'm, I'm, I'm literally talking about closet space and you turn me into some guy in Mississippi burning. <laughs> you know something? What you just fucking did, that whole ridiculous thing, the status quo. What am I, an 80-year-old Republican? Do you think I honestly have meetings with my other white male straight <laughs> friends? We need to talk about the status quo. <laughs> and how to maintain it. How to maintain it. <laughs> this country is getting overrun with, with, yeah. the, with no. feminists. And you know the, what it is, the, Nia? And the you, women who like to lift weights. And, and they're, not, they're not women anymore. God damn it, put a skirt on and get back in the kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, And you know what's funny is you, you can fucking sit there and go off on all these man boys with their fucking hoodies who are in their 30s and talk all awkward and that shit. How you're fucking over there. Come on. Come on. You, you know what it is, Nia? You, 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 know, you, you, don't have a, you don't have an ability to step outside yourself and just see how ridiculous and dumb you really are. Is that what you're needs not to a, happen? You're not a smart person and nobody likes you. <laughs> All right, let's move to the next one. Most of those things are categorical. Fish tanks. Did we even answer this thing? Uh, well, why don't you answer? I would answer it this way. All right. You got it. She's going to be in great shape, which is a good thing. It's better than dating a fatty. Um, sorry. Um, this is the deal. I shouldn't have said that. That was extra mean. I didn't mean that. But uh, she's only going to be in that gross shape the few days before the competition where she's completely fucking emaciated and actually doing damage, more damage than good to her body, depriving her vitals of, of water um, and that awful fucking tan. And <laughs> no, it's gross. Have you seen them go out there? They, they look fucking the reason, first of all, they yes, look, you I know, what, they, they look, I talked about, they There's look several raceless. You want to play the race card? They look raceless. They like, all look that terrible shade of brown. No, they, they look like, uh, what's that fucking, that meat that you eat, you go and you buy a big stick of it. It's not even brown. It's orange. That's seven 11 beef jerky. Slim Jim. Like if beef jerky was a race, that's Slim what they Jim's. look like. Slim Jim. Yeah. Step into a Slim Jim. Uh, but like I said, there's diff- there's several different kinds of categories of those fitness competitions for women. It's not all like Schwarzenegger style. So just, you know, I don't know. Sorry, I gave my opinion already. Yeah, so, guys, don't. No, no the guy floor is yours, Senator. No guy ever goes like, oh, geez, you see the biceps on that chick? Some guys like that, though. They like that really, like, worked out abs popping, Listen, guns blazing. Can I tell you something? There's somebody out there fucking a rug. <laughs> okay, 
There's, you can pick up anything in the fucking world. There's something that's... Look at the fan over there. There's probably some guy that likes to jerk off in front of it and feel the wind oscillating. Oh, my God. Onto stop. his dick. Yeah. There's somebody into everything. That don't make it right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be the white guy you just painted me to be. All right. Fish tanks. Dear Barnacle Billy... My People are very clever with these. They are. I have my listeners are smart. <laughs> my friend just spent a thousand bucks on this crazy fish tank <laughs> and exotic fish to go with it. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. To each his own. But what's the call here? <laughs> <laughs> That's an absolute waste of money. It's not like he's, he has an awesome apartment that it fits in with the decor. On the other hand, that goes to prove he might have an honest passion for fish tanks. Yeah. Now, I don't know how to f- now I don't know how to feel. <laughs> Please give me your thoughts. Come back to Seattle. <laughs> so, yeah, he sounds like a pothead. I like how this is is bothering him enough that he's got to write you about it. Like, what the fuck? A thousand dollars? Yeah, you're living in this shithole. You got this thousand. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, uh, it's not like he has an awesome apartment that fits him with the decor. Yeah, you know. But on the other hand, it goes to vice. He might have an honest passion for fish tanks. I think this guy he covered the topic. Yeah. He just likes fish. You know what? Fish in the like aquariums are very like calming to some people. Ugh. So it might be like, Ugh. why are you making? Why are you making that noise? Because that's that fucking like. Somebody said that, and I've never heard a doctor say that. I've heard that repeated. Doctor? Yeah, somebody. Why do you actually- need a doctor to say what soothes you or not in order to make it because legitimate? Because they're the ones that know how to take your blood pressure. You're right. <laughs> so they would actually know. Okay. How do you know that that didn't come from the aquarium industry and when fish fell out of favor you know, around I 72, actually... 73? <laughs> fish fell out of favor. And people stopped getting aquariums. Did you ever hear that, that rumor that Tracy Morgan had like an octopus or something like that? Or Oh, like... he has. From what I, I've, seen, uh, I've seen video of it. No, he has like sharks and shit. Yeah. That's kind of cool. No, he, he doesn't, like he to doesn't to have sea to world take his and, and see the see the little fishies. He doesn't have to take his kids to the aquarium. He just takes them to the living room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no turnstile or nothing. Like he could charge money for his aquarium. I think I heard uh, somebody was saying that maybe he was going to get a uh, an octopus. Uh, yeah, I, I thought have he no had idea. One. I'm just happy he that he's still around and can make that decision. Absolutely. To be honest with you, Absolutely. I'm looking forward to when he gets back to the clubs. It seems like buying fish is a pretty harmless uh, habit. It can be a little like, what the fuck, though? If you've got someone living in this shithole apartment, they're spending a thousand dollars on fish. That's fucking ridiculous. Do you know when I was a kid, my but dad could be worse things. My dad used to we used to, we used to have piranhas. Oh, you did? Yep. We used to call them, and it was always the same name, Charlie. We had the piranha, Charlie, and you'd throw the goldfish in, and he would just destroy them. Oh, my God. So much stuff is starting to make sense now. And he would eat, like, you'd put in, like, I remember one time we put, like, the whole bag in. With- You've never told me that you own piranhas and that you five little I didn't psychos own them. would, like. <laughs> we had a piranha, and then we, and then my dad had another thing, another tank. It was called an arowana. I swear to God. And it was this eel-looking, like, fish, and that thing used to also eat fish. And it would just go like, it would like just fucking like lash on it would grab him. Hmm. And one time the fish was too big and it kept hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. And we were all sitting there laughing because mm-hmm. we thought it was funny. Then afterwards we started feeling bad for the fish. So my dad reached in, took it out and brought it over to the counter and took a knife and cut its head off and then threw it back in the tank. And that's my childhood. Once again, <laughs> so many things becoming clear. Oh, stop it. <laughs> and you know what? And someday when the shit hits the fan, 
and the food supply ends and you can't cut the fish off that head? Cut the fish off that, cut the head. I think I have dyslexia. Do I? I mean, I can't read. I can't even speak. No, it's not that. You know what it is? Cut the fish off the head? It's your ADD. Your brain moves faster than your mouth. And like you, I know somewhere I like in there's an insult. You you kind of skimming things because you're already you want to be like down here or when you're up here. It's your ADD. I told you. Okay. Get it under control. How can you just fucking <laughs> diagnose me? <laughs> I'm right though. Remember when, when you took, remember when doctor? you took that adult ADHD quiz? I made you take that quiz online. <laughs> I crushed that quiz. <laughs> I got every answer right. Crushed it by being like, yes, you have ADHD. We recommend you like see somebody. Click on this link. And well, Adam... Fuck you. Why don't you go Adam, take a test? And Adam Levine is sitting there like, hey, I also have ADHD. But that didn't prevent me from being a huge asshole rock star. Why don't you like him? I like him you in You turned theory. on that guy. You loved him when he first came I out. I did. I liked him. Huh? Yeah, I did like Maroon 5. I did like it, but the more he started talking, the more, the less I liked him. But I do like his Well, maybe music. if he didn't steal his fucking music, he could just be out in the road doing that instead of spinning around on a lazy boy going, I want to put you on my team to sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. All right, hot dogs, <laughs> He's everybody. He's plenty of money in he Maroon is. 5, and he wants to be a bigger star that's why he's on the voice that's why he's shilling adhd you don't medication. know him you don't know him you're right i don't know him. hot dogs bill my girlfriend uh is grossed out by hot dogs i was wondering why he didn't go billy frankfurt there uh <laughs> bill, my girlfriend is grossed out by hot dogs she says they're made of gross parts of many animals yeah, she's true. right I told her, I, we get it, you agree with the women on this. I told her I'm aware, which is, which is why I only eat like 12 a year. 12 hot dogs a year? <laughs> hey, if you did coke once a month, you wouldn't have a problem. That's true. See? We're not encouraging people to do coke once a month. But if you month. are, just do it once a month. Just do it once a month. Which isn't that much. Uh, a coop at a time. Couple. I think it's supposed to be a couple at a time. And only at BBQs. That's a lot of BBQs. Am I crazy that I think this guy might be black? Why? Barbecue. You put coop, you know, like coop de ville. Basically, you're saying that because... (laughs) This is a Cadillac driving, hot dog eating, barbecue eating black guy. That's what I'm guessing. (laughs) So she says she won't kiss me for hours after eating one. So I told her I won't kiss her for hours after drinking coffee. And let me tell you, Bill, she drinks a good amount of coffee. How'd I do here? Um, Awful. You turned into the unaccepted skid. Now, you didn't turn into it. You made it worse. Oh, you'd be like, oh, God. you're going to be a douche. I'll be even a bigger douche. And now you guys aren't going to be kissing. Yeah, that is the and, dumbest uh, thing for you guys to fight about. Yeah, she's going to bang the guy at the coffee truck. And uh, you're going to fuck a girl in the bleachers. I really love how he eats hot dogs so much that his girlfriend is like, I will refuse to kiss you because he eats that many fucking hot dogs that it's an yeah. actual issue. <laughs> Listen, I understand why you eat them. And I also understand that she doesn't want to kiss... The afterbreath of a pig's asshole. Yeah, that's, that's so, a good point. I mean, I would never not kiss you because you ate a hot dog. That's a little extrame, for sure. Oh, and by the way, coffee but, breath. You know, coffee breath is coffee fucking disgusting. Coffee breath, I disgusting. feel like, is probably worse than hot dog breath. It is. Right? I think they should put coffee in the water that they have hot dogs in. Coffee dogs. Coffee dogs. Dog coffee. Uh, either, either way, it's dumb of you guys to be fighting about this. So... 
Yeah, as a, you guys should be a more mature couple, like myself and Nia. <laughs> All right, book suggestion. Billy Shakespeare. Uh, that's that's another good one. Um, catching up on old podcasts and heard you talk about World War II books. There was That was a year ago. Read anything good lately? Also, what magazine... What magazine peak your interest? Peaks your interest. Um, he wrote peak. What is he asking about? Dirty magazines there. <laughs> um, yeah, I was into World War II books. That was a year ago, and I was into that for like a month, and then ugh, my brain goes over here. So recently, what did I do? I don't know what I've been reading about music, and uh, I don't fucking know. I I go through periods of reading and not reading, and right now I haven't been reading. You read drum magazines though. Those are the magazines and. Uh that you read a lot and rolling stone i read rolling stone yes Mm -hmm. i do even though you fucking shit on that magazine i just you said i believe you said it was whack (laughs) i said that a while ago i actually i i like reading rolling stone i rather read about the real life stuff than the celebrity interviews i just feel like the celebrity interviews of like eh, not as not as great as they used to be but i love reading about well, I mean, like, they're, real stuff but like they're in the music the soldiers industry with like ptsd and like any kind of like internet business thing there was an article about these two people that met on vine and started like courting each other on vine they met in real life and of course it didn't really work because you you're in a relationship with somebody online you don't really know them and things went south and she accused him of rape and it was just this whole fucking terrible situation yeah, but i think i you like can reading blame, about i don't think like you that. can blame that on vine i mean no, I, I, if somebody I blame, meets I you in a bar on, back I, in the day that you don't really know people, them either I, I know but you at least met them in real life i blame people who have relationships with people online for six months that they've never met in real life that's a very different situation than being in the you same me 10 years you have you haven't you haven't met the real me yet man <laughs> all right dilemma bill bill and nia if she's around oh she is definitely around this oh week. i'm around <laughs> imagine you're in a perfect relationship i don't have to imagine it i'm living it oh jesus <laughs> nobody believed that one of your cheats one of you cheats and it's over, over. would you rather be the one who cheated so you so your image of the other is always perfect or be the one who got cheated on so you can have pride in the fact that you are a good person. Rough question if you immerse yourself in the ideas of both for your That's own fucking amusement. Horrible, yeah. Terrible like, question. No, we're not, no, I'm not answering that. That's stupid. All right. Well, let's, let's just, we got to do a dilemma. All right. If um, we were in a plane crash. Okay. And we're... In snowy mountains. Mm-hmm. I know you don't like the cold. No. Would you read that rather? Would you rather that I lived mm-hmm. and I ate you, <laughs> or you lived and you ate me? Now we're the only ones on this plane. Yes. That it's come to that. <laughs> so here we, can't, we go. We can't eat the pilot and the stewardesses yeah. and the other passengers. We were we were in a very small plane. Oh, I see. Um. Uh, um, I white meat's better for you than dark meat. Excuse me, <laughs> dark meat tastes better. Um, I could not imagine eating you. I oh, wouldn't, wouldn't want to do that. What? I'm Listen, answering the question. I'm going to tell you this right now. Well, the way you've handled closets in here, that's not even a life and death fucking situation. You would totally be like, bye, baby. <laughs> 
You know what you'd do? I'd be sitting there like still kind of conscious, and you'd do what Tony Soprano did to Christopher. you just reach over and pinch my nose. Oh. <laughs> oh, how that broke my heart when I saw that scene. Oh, my God. Oh, that was horrifying. And then you'd stand that up there going, the- I did it! I fucking did it! I Oh, that was terrible. That and Adriana hurt me the worst on that show. God, I fucking love that show so much. Remember there was a time where I was watching, like, every episode on demand, like, every day, because I just went back yeah, into my great. being obsessed with my Sopranos? I just loved the fucking great. Sopranos. That, I, I loved that period of your TV watching. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a great period in your TV watching. You, you have I know, like, it's kind of gone downhill. Yeah, now. you have peaks and valleys, and right now, yeah. you are... You are uh, I'm watching the good TV on Netflix, and I'm watching the bad TV on actual TV. On actual, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, well... That's going to stop when football season starts. Oh, God. By the way, that, that's, that's in less than a couple of weeks. College football, pro football. Oh, boy. Saturday, Sunday. Ba, 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 ba. Say. Vern Lundquist, SEC football. I don't know what any of those words mean. All right. Well, it's, it means a lot to me. It's exciting. All right, everybody. That's the podcast for this week. Um, I, got an, I thought I had odd ball dates. This week, but uh, I'm definitely doing the Jones Beach one, but I don't know what's going on with Virginia. Ticket sales are uh, not where they need to be. This is not my call. So it either might happen or it might not happen. I don't know what's going on with Virginia. We thought that you guys liked comedy. Well, thanks a lot, everybody. (laughs) Virginia is for lovers, not for comedians. That's right. Not for psycho comics. (laughs) Um, all right, that's it. Saturday! Um, that's the podcast, everybody. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you f- for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>